And we have uh, a lovely looking lady right here. Uh, she's uh, no stranger to the program. Yeah, she is, she's yeah. been here before. She's been here yeah. before. And she is Gloria Austin Pabio. She's the counselor. And she's from the Center for Research and, uh, let me get that right, Center for Research and Information on Substance Abuse here in Rio. And I know that there's also, is the headquarters in Abuja or Lagos? Yeah, we have um, offices in Lagos. We have offices in Abuja okay. and in mm. um, Baltimore, USA. Okay. Right, the great. acronym is CRISA, right? Yes. Okay. Good to see you and welcome to the show once again. Good to see you too. Great. Thank so we're you. looking at criminal justice system, drug use, stigma and all that. What's the um, most apt place to start off this discussion right now? Mm, I think we can start from the criminal justice system. Okay, go ahead then. You know, um, over the years, the best um, treatment for people who use drugs has been arrest and criminalization. Mm. So when people are caught with drugs that are using it or selling it, they are arrested and imprisoned. In Nigeria, we have laws for people who use drugs and people who sell drugs. And it's so sad that the punishment for people who are using and people who are selling the barons mm. are the same. So they are all sentenced to the same um, years of prison. And you know, the one of the most interesting things is at the end of the day, most of the people who are selling these drugs are not caught. It's the people who are using maybe mm. a wrap of cannabis or um, just using it that are arrested and persecuted because mm. they do not have the funds to you know, get themselves out of trouble. So the guys who are the drug dealers are mostly really, they, they have bars, they have money. Of course. Aha, uh-huh. so they, they can money. buy their way and all of that? Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to the people who are using, sometimes you go to the bunks where they are using these drugs. Some people come there and then they wait for their friends with more money to come and buy for them. Hmm. But when you, when those places are raided, the people who may not have the means to even run away are those people who came there to ask their friends to buy for them or you know because they don't have money and they are addicted to yes yeah. so they become um victims of the law so that's why we were really interested in how the criminal justice system you know handles drug use handles drug mm. users handles you know the issues surrounding drug use and so Chris, Chris would want that the punishment is not the same for sellers and users. That's what is obtainable in other places, yes. Mm. So that's how it should be. We shouldn't, you know, punish the user the same way we we'll punish the seller. And really, the punitive measures, they've been shown to not produce positive results. And then also, when these people are now punished, maybe sent to the correctional facilities... It's good if in those centers they have um, adequate treatments given to them. And then this treatment should be tailored in such a way that it fits the need of the user. Mm. There are individual differences. There are different reasons why people use drugs. And there are different you know, reasons why they are dependent on those drugs. Mm. So those issues should be addressed in the course of treatment. So we've been working Which with Which is the, not addressed. Yeah, usually it's not addressed. So mm. we've been working with, you know, the correctional facilities and other law enforcement agencies to try to, you know, change the mindset of 
the staff there and you know the people around okay how you manage these people the things you do yes how do you treat them and all now i i, I think we're interested in knowing uh, what it is like in a quiet bomb um what's the rate we have a prevalent rate of drug users in, in the states yes in the south south a quiet bomb has one of the highest rate of drug users has one of are the we highest. top three yes definitely ah. So and this is not good news. So in this in, in this part of the country, definitely. Yes. Is it that you don't want to give us the real stats? Are we one, two, three? No, or I mean that that's stressing? like no, it's like the, when they really use over here. Yes, they do, and it's funny that I don't know if I'd say we we tend to like live in ignorance of what's really happening. Nobody's mm. willing to admit and say this problem is there. Before they used to say, oh, in Nigeria there's no real drug problem. People, it's just a transit point. But after the national survey that we conducted in 2017 across all the 36 states and the FCT, we discovered there was a big problem, a very big problem. And then now, how do we manage this problem? What can we do? And we've been working tirelessly to ensure that, you know, the changes are put in place. If you don't admit there's a problem, then you cannot begin to solve the problem. solution, yes, to that problem. So that's why we've been working that's what we've been working on doing. Now, right. um, now, now, now that you said that Kwaibom, unfortunately, has a high rate of drug users in um, the country, do we know exactly why these people are using drugs? Is there a reason? Because I know you talked about that, you know, why some persons are using, from your research, that's Krista, um, what's the prevalent reason that drug users do use drugs? There are many reasons why people use drugs, and two individuals will never have the same reason why mm. they use drugs. We have peer pressure, we have domestic violence, we even have, um, you know, the abuse from young age of male and female children. Okay. So all those are pathways to dependence and drug drugs, use. Yeah. So sometimes also we have um, poverty, areas in the society that are marginalized and, you know, do not have access to some of the basic amenities. They tend to do drugs. Yes. But these drugs, are they not expensive to get? How do they get them? They're not really expensive. If you go to the markets, like where those things are available. They sell drugs in the open market? It's not really hidden, really. If you Ah. go to areas where those things are sold, you can get like maybe two rafts of cannabis for 50 naira. In this year? Yes. So is that expensive? It's not. So it's, and it's also, you know, availability can Mm. also be one of the problems. And, in these southwest, south south regions, cannabis is readily available. Sometimes mm. you go to people ba- people's backyards and you find them there. They are planted. So we've been finding mm. out that okay, these arrests, the burnings, we've been hearing about NDLEA seizures and all. Yeah. But the rates they are increasing. Things are not changing. So what do we do? We have to change the approach. So how do we change the approach? The key stakeholders, the law enforcement, the health workers, people who have direct access to preferring solutions to people who are using drugs and now thought ways to help manage hmm. these issues. Oh. All right. So, so um, it's, it's uh, easily accessible, which is one of the major reasons why um, this happens. Do we really have uh, um, laws? Tell us about the laws that prohibit, you know, um, the use of drugs. Yeah, we have... Um, laws and policies in Nigeria that are basically targeted towards arrest and criminalization of drug use mm. and drug possession. 
But um, if you're caught with, um, for example, two wraps of cannabis, and if you're caught having a farm of cannabis, you both get 14 years in prison. The same thing. Sentence. Yes. So when that happens, the person who is using and the person who is selling, who suffers more? Sometimes those people who are selling may have up to 10 farms, and then you were able to find out about just one farm, keep this person in, prison, in the correctional facility for a period of time. He comes out and his business has grown because he has people who are helping him manage the business even when he's not there. Mm. So that's why we've come to say, okay, this is not working. We have to try other techniques. Lots of countries have changed their approach to drug use, Mm. drug criminalization, changing the punitive measures that have been given. And then we really like um, emphasizing with... We really like emphasizing the drug enforcement because they have um, direct access with drug users. They deal with them one-on-one. Sometimes when there are maybe break-ins or stealings or things like that, or even a raid, Mm. they have access to these people. They arrest them. They keep them in the cells. So we work with them. Then at the correctional facilities to work with them because if you go to the um, correctional facilities... Most of the inmates there are um, drug users. So that's an issue of great concern because they are there. You expect them to change. You expect them to reduce use. But they still keep doing the drugs. Now, let me ask. Are they, are they there because, you know, they're using drugs or some of them are there because they're criminals who use drugs? Okay, some are there because they are criminals who use drugs. Some are there because they are unfortunate drug users who were arrested in a raid. If a crime happens in a particular area and there's a raid, both people who are just using and were not part of the crime will be arrested Arrested. as well. Mm. Yes, so... Mm. Now, what are these ways that Kriska is, um, you know, um, bringing to the table? What are the ways? How do you... How is the organization saying we can change drug users? Okay, we've been um, having sensitizations and um, trainings with different key stakeholders we've had with the law enforcement we've had with the primary health care workers we've also had with um, teachers students different different sectors as far as drug use is concerned mm. and people who know play a key role in helping to manage this issue have been sensitized and trained and we keep giving them the support they need we even worked with religious leaders community leaders this is to help us manage this you know, problem because it's our problem. Okay. It's not their problem or some mm. other person's problem. It's here with us. So if we don't manage it, if we don't help create awareness, make people know this is this, this is here, it's mm. there to stay. So okay, as it's here now, how do we manage it? What do we do? So we've been going all out doing this because when those people know, it's just like a network. Once they know, it's easier for the message to be passed across mm. to other people. Then we've also had community events where we tell the community drug users are not thieves, they are not killers, they are not rapists. Someone may use drugs and steal. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who uses drugs is a thief. If we're in a place now, for example, maybe we'll go to a party or we're even in a house and then you know someone that uses cannabis, for example, if there's a theft, everybody looks at the person who uses cannabis mm. even when that person may not be the one who had yeah. taken that um, thing that everybody's mm. looking for so that has you know that's why we really talk about stigma stigma is a very big problem that has to be 
addressed. Okay. So those kind of things have been, if you ask any drug user, do you feel stigmatized? Most of them say, yes, we feel stigmatized. And you know, where there's stigmatization, there's bound to be low self-esteem. Even in the correctional facilities too, we've had some kind of interactions with them. And they say, yes, they feel stigmatized even among other inmates. Inmate. So okay. that's... Now let's come to something I think very important. I, I, I've been privileged to um, also work with an organization that has uh, done some rehabilitation for drug users. Now, it, when we talk about drug abuse and drug use, we have to get back to the homes, you know, our parents. And then Nigeria being a very religious country, being we're very religious in this country, Christian, Muslim, and all of that. Um, how do we then get down to the homes to address this issue that you've just raised, to understand what drug abuses or drug uses and understand the management of these persons who are within the care of the parents and also the guardians. Yeah, we usually um, work with parents too. Sometimes parents of drug users and sometimes parents of people who are related to, you know, people who use drugs. Mm. We have to work with the parents. You can never rule out the family because abuse sometimes happens in the family. Neglect can be a pathway to dependence okay. so parental neglect parental abuse non when parents are not firm i'm not saying you should abuse your child beat your child to kill mm. but when, there has to be some discipline yes when your punishment and you, the methods of your punishment are not consistent mm. it can become a problem so we have to we've been doing you know working with parents telling them this is this this is that a lot of parents that would say look i have done everything for my child this particular child i pray i pay his school fees i've seen this so it's not my fault anymore i want him out of the house because we've had cases like that where parents throw away their kids and say look you can't be in my house because you're a drug user yes we've had cases like that as well but knowledge is power mm. so the moment they know you make them understand it there's always change so the first point is making them know how much of this problem do they even understand. Most people do not understand drug use. They don't understand that it's a health condition and it's chronic and it's relapsing. So it's chronic means it, it can run for a very long time. Yeah. And it's relapsing means as you're getting well, mm. you're bound okay. to fall sick yes. again. You get well, you fall sick again. If you check the brain the brain organization of people who use drugs mm. and then check the brain as in how the brain of people who are not using drugs or who have never used drugs is you'll notice some differences so as you're using drugs there's bound to be some changes in the pathways of how your in in how your brain works mm. there's bound to be some changes so when we work with parents we show them all those evidence that's it just like someone who has asthma someone who has high blood pressure someone who has a health condition drug use and yes. drug dependence is a chronic relapsing medical condition. So Krista is saying this is like, like a sickness. Yes, it is. You and it can people, be treated. You think that people would agree with this definition that this is some kind of sickness? You know, it's... You have to... The, the thing is, change doesn't come until you accept it. Mm. So if you don't accept that this is what this is, you're not going to be welcoming that change that is coming. Okay. So... Across the world, changes are taking place because people are beginning to realize this is how this problem is. This is how it can be managed. Mm. It's a health condition. So as much as we're looking at the psychosocial factors, mm. other factors, we also have to look at the health factors too. How does this impact on health? What can be done? That's why sometimes when you're managing people who are dependent on drug medications are used because these medications help manage the cravings for the drugs. 
Do you then create a dependency on those drugs that are helping? No. Most drugs that are used in um, substitution therapy mm. are not um, drugs that induce dependence. So as much as maybe you're trying to reduce or cut down on the quantity of drug you're using and reduce the risk of overdose, those drugs are not addictive. So you can take them, manage yourself, recover, and then go off. How expensive is it to um, treat a drug user? I'm, I'm, I know that you've been particularly, you've not said drug abuse, you've been using drug use. I'm going to ask you that question <laughs> later. But how expensive is the treatment? Well, it depends on um, where you're getting the treatment. Okay. In Nigeria, most um, privately owned centers and treatment facilities are quite expensive. Because do, we have, do we have many of them? Yes, we we have quite a few, not so many, mm. but see. So, um, but here in Krisa, we in Uyo, we have two facilities that give um, free treatment. Oh, with, free? Yes, our, our center gives free treatment with support from the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime okay. and the EU. So, we, with that, we're able to give free services, but our services are not um, residential. They're outpatient facilities. And you remember earlier I mentioned that treatment should be tailored to an individual's needs. Yeah. So there are some people who need to go cold turkey. That's who need to go off totally mm. stay off and be in residential facilities where they don't have access, access to, to those yeah. drugs. Yeah. So those kind of facilities are expensive because you have to think of the feeding, mm. the accommodation, yeah. and all those things. So that's basically it for Krisa. It is not expensive. No, we don't it's charge a free anything. treatment. Yeah. All right, we'll just take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the stigma part of it, which is something that I think that you, the organization, is trying to deal with. And the Nigerian Correctional Center is also trying to deal with uh, stigmatization. Stay with us. This is Comfort Breakfast Fiesta. And on the Correct Life show today, we are talking drug use and stigma. Stay with us. Your show right here on Comfort Breakfast Fiesta this beautiful Tuesday morning, the 29th of September. Well, if you've not had anything or if you've not known anything for September, if you've not learned anything, you should learn today um, about drug use. And who she's been having a very, we've been having a very, in, very important and interesting discussion on criminal justice system, drug use, and stigma. Counselor Gloria. Austin Akpabio from the Center for Research and Information on Substance Abuse. Krista, right here in New York. So if you need more information about you can reach them. We're going to get your contact so um, okay. people can talk with you. Just before the break, I said, let's dwell on the stigmatization part of yeah. um, this really sad sickness. I'm going to get used to that sickness. So you should get used to that sickness too. Why do we stigmatize? Why do we think that everyone who's a drug user is a criminal? Is it... The you perception know, we've had, is it the perception thing, the cultural thing? Sometimes, um, that's why we've been working with the media too. Mm. We've worked a lot with the media because inaccurate reporting fuels stigma. Sometimes the way these issues are reported makes people stigmatize against drug users. And then some of the terms people use to address drug users, you hear druggy, addict, mm. drug abuser, and all those kind of things, they are dehumanizing. And... Um, in themselves, they're already, you know, stigmatizing that those individual. Days, those labels. Yes. Mm. And then when you you go into treatment, you see someone who has probably stayed off drugs for a while, who is recovering because anybody who has stayed off is a recovering user. So as they are recovering, you say, oh, this person is, is clean. You say, this person is clean. Are you trying to say the people are still using drugs are dirty? <laughs> so those kind of things are, okay. you know, they are stigmatizing and People are already beginning to have an idea in their mm. head of um, 
what drug users of who they are, what they do, yeah. and stuff like that. And you know, people believe that drug users cannot be employed, they are not employable, they do not have jobs, but it's not true. Research and studies across the continent, across the world, has shown that not everybody who uses drugs is dependent on them. And then not everybody who uses these drugs is not functional. There are okay. so many drug users who are functional. They use drugs. They go to their jobs. That's why they say don't drink and drive. Don't operate heavy machinery when you're drinking. Reason being, as these people, you know, it's possible that you're drinking and you're driving. You mm. may be um, dependent on alcohol. So you drink, you drive, you're liable to get accidents. Mm. Then they also say, oh, don't drink and operate heavy machinery. If it's not possible that people who are dependent on alcohol could, you know, operate heavy machinery, that warning wouldn't have been there. So that makes us know that not every drug user is, you know, um, not employable mm. and cannot hold a job. And also don't forget that there are even some painkillers or medication. Some people take. get addicted to Of course. So you become a drug user. Mm. Yeah. There's addiction. When you say addiction, we're not only referring to cannabis, cocaine, heroin. You can even get addicted to prescription medication, mm. opioid drugs, cough syrup. We've heard the case about the tramadol ban in Nigeria. It's because people are getting dependent on those drugs. And why is that? If you check the statistics in Nigeria, most women are addicted to heroin and prescription medication like opioid-based substances, mm. cough syrup, and all those. Women are more addicted to those. So that makes you know that this is spread across gender, this is spread across, you know, mm. everywhere. So... We have to know that that drug users are not threats to the society. They are employable. Mm. They are not thieves and all that. Okay, so you just mentioned something. Um, in order to defeat the stigma and to um, get rid of stigma, our language, how we address these people is very yes, important. Yes. And then you mentioned the employability part. Let's be honest. Now, this is Nigeria. The way some employers will look at you, Seb, even if you're not a drug user, like, this is not. This one is not employable. So, and 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 over time, we believe that for drug users, they show for face. Like you see, some of them, their eyes are red and all of that. You're already saying mm. this person looks like somebody that does drugs. That is very very untrue. Mm. Not be everybody. Drug they use, show no, for they face. show for face. So. Mm. You know, they show for face at all. So if you say drug use shows on the face, that's not true. But some people, no, 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 because this is just something that over time, some people say, oh, this person, his eyes always red, or he always has this uh, smell, or something. But you know, there are some people that are born with naturally red eyes. There are some people who are not born all red with eyes is because the person is a drug course. user. And there are some people who are born with naturally red lips. Mm. There are some people who naturally appear slow as yeah. though they are you know on alcohol or something mm. so it's those are misconceptions that have to be dealt with mm-hmm. you have to make people know that this is this this is this yes people who are dependent on alcohol are likely to smell like alcohol you mm. know very early in the morning and that's why we have to manage it but some of them are very good at their jobs so we're saying okay not because this person is dependent on drugs means this person cannot work mm. so that's what we're saying those distinctions have to be made okay all right, so uh, a very educative session right there. Uh, so much that uh, one Okureke Michael says, very educative, uh, but this one is very funny. He says, I never knew that taking drugs like weed is a crime. 
I'm sure he's just he's okay. just joking around. I don't know if he's um, okay, Michael. I'm sure you know you tweeted this. I'm going to come after you if you're taking drugs. <laughs> we'll right, take you to Chris, sir. Gloria Osnapabi. I would love to talk more, but obviously we do not have enough time. Mm-hmm. You should come back, you know, some other time yes. to educate us yeah. more on drug use. This is a topic that affects mm-hmm. lots of youths. You know. Now you said that quite boom is top three. No, I said in, in South, South, South. South, South. Yes, South. Yes. Top three, South. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's, that's for Nigeria, big, for Badu. That's a problem. <laughs> Actually, even in Nigeria, Aquabom is up, up. Ah. Ah. <laughs> this is not good. All right. Thanks for coming. Hope thank to see you, you again. So much, yes, yes, thank you so much. All right. And uh, we certainly will be here again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the duo of Mighty George and Rosé on the Comfort Breakfast Fiesta. This is how we sign it off every Tuesday. Yes. And we hope that you go out there becoming...